This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Welcome to the Conjecturing, I mean Conjecture Ween again. This is the second week of our Conjecture Ween, our Halloween-ish long marathon we're doing here for the month. Uh, With me here is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey, guys. And I'm your host, Rob. Uh, How's everybody doing today? Good. Great. Doing good, doing good. You know, we're Mm -hmm. all coming off the high of uh, last week's uh, Halloween episode, the OG, the original. For this week, we're doing um, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. That's the movie we're doing this week. Uh, so do you guys want to talk about what you're wearing? Laura could talk about what we're all drinking. What do you think, Laura? Yeah. Well, first, I am dressed as uh, Jamie Lloyd and Danielle Harris's character. I am in the full clown outfit and mask. Um, and for my Zoom background, I actually have an image from the movie where it pans into her vanity mirror that's on her dresser and there is a scene where you see a flash of michael standing in one of the one of the mirrors nice nice and what are, and what are we all drinking laura you want to do our drink yeah so tonight we are drinking a michael's mule so instead of a moscow mule michael's mule has a uh, fresh apple cider and ginger beer and bourbon so cheers guys nice. cheers cheers it's really delicious oh good anytime there's a mule involved i'm usually super happy you know um I mean, that kind of sounded weird but uh you know like <laughs> my, my mind Just automatically, in general yeah my mind automatically went to like you know like whatever it's called clerks too and the donkey scene and stuff but you know it's okay oh, that's uh, funny yeah yeah but uh yeah good choice laura good choice uh, what about you greg what are you what are you wearing what's your background um i'm wearing the, a t-shirt and it's got the print who was the girl in this movie that wore this? Is it Kelly? I, I keep forgetting her name. There's a few characters. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> you know what? She doesn't make it. Nobody cares about the people who don't make it. And her t-shirt says, cops do it by the book. It's kind of cute. Maybe a little bit insensitive socially for the times, but it's part of this movie. It was pretty mm-hmm. clever. My background. Okay. I realized that I was, I went bonkers for this thing where like is Michael stands places. And I thought that really creeped me out. I think I mentioned it half a dozen times. So mm-hmm. that's my background. He's just doing absolutely nothing being creepy as hell. Nice. <laughs> nice. I know we, we were joking off pod when we saw Greg's outfit asking if he was bottomless. He had no pants on. <laughs> yeah. Like the girl. Are you going to confirm that uh, while we're recording, Greg, you don't have pants on. I'll confirm it verbally, but you will not get the visual confirmation. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. my God. <laughs> Unless I lose the game. Are we playing a game today? No, no no okay. game tonight. No game tonight. Yeah, thank God. Thank God for the listeners. We don't have to see that. That's nice. Uh... <laughs> wait, wait, why is it thank God? Man? You never know if I've got some really cool looking, you know, tidy whities down there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that chick was not wearing any tidy whities, mind you. No. Oh, yeah. No. no. Um funny yeah yeah uh for my background i'm just doing uh mine is like a bunch of michael myers and like a mirror so there's like five or six of them in a line i specifically picked this one because it shows michael's mask really well which we'll get Mm -hmm. into i really don't like in this movie i thought it's actually pretty shitty looking um and then uh, i'm saving i saved my reveal of my little little uh outfit i made here for the podcast i want to get these guys reactions so i made this little hat don't judge it on the shape, okay? Uh, when you guys take, when you guys see it, 
but it's an actual. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's an actual. Oh wow! It's a it's a dunce hat. <laughs> and uh, here I'll I'll just kind of hold it up because it's hard to see like this. But it's a, it's a dunce it's a dunce hat uh, that I'm wearing, <laughs> and it has little pumpkins on it. And and I'm wearing it because you know just how stupid I was to not know that Michael and Lori were siblings last week. I think <laughs> Greg should just have to wear dunce dunce hats for the rest of eternity. And just how yeah. stupid how stupid we were that. For 30 years, we never knew that information, I guess. Let me get but, uh, my mask and turn it into a dunce cap and see if I oh can do that. Oh, my God. Go. Yeah, so I, so I thought <laughs> that was appropriate. Me and Greg kind of shame ourselves a bit for not knowing that information. So I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, just nice. as long as you don't bring that down over your eyes, I think you're okay. Yeah, that's what my yeah. wife said. My wife said, too, is like, like, oh, that shape of that hat is not great nowadays. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But uh, okay. <laughs> You know, nothing I could do about that, you know? Uh, yeah, so so that's that's what I'm wearing. So that's what I'm wearing. Very awesome. creative. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. All right, uh, let's get into the next segment here. We got a couple of updates here. Uh, first thing we wanted to kind of talk about is last week's uh, little bit of in- new intro music Greg created. Uh, Greg, do you want to describe, like, how you created that new Halloween theme-ish music? Sure, yeah. I downloaded an app called GarageBand. I started to mess with it a little bit. And I essentially took the main theme of our podcast, slowed it down, put it on piano, and then tried to blend it into like the theme song for Halloween. I don't know how it turned out, but um, I think we're going to try to use it for the for the episode, right? Yeah, yeah, it's we're definitely awesome. we're definitely using it for all the Halloween movies. It's so yeah. Halloween. I mean, oh, cool. I mean, going forward, we might even like you know throw up a Twitter poll or something like that, and maybe it might be the new theme. I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. I I freaking love it. I thought it was really yeah, cool. You me know, too. I had so much fun. See, this is the cool thing about creating content for the pod. You really end up just enjoying the heck out of it. And I would like to do like more thematic intros for other holidays, even like maybe for Christmas or like a scary Thanksgiving <laughs> song. I don't know how that would work, but You're I like, mean, it- gobble, gobble, motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> there you go. I'll just clip that sound bite right there and we can make. Yeah, something. just loop that loop that yeah. bite over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to like do that often and it'll, you know, keep our intro fresh and and different throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I love it, Greg. Keep keep up the good work. Actually, on the on the very on the wrap that I created for the for the visit episode, I use this app that does this random username generator. So to create like your rap name, and the rap name that it came up for me was Dollar Sign Sensei. So I feel like <laughs> just by default, that has to be my my Material musician name. I like yeah. it. Right. I like it, man. I like it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good job. Good job. Um, all right, Laura, do you want to do some listener comments you kind of pulled? Do you want to talk about? Yeah. So we actually got two emails that I wanted to read from people who wanted to talk about Halloween. Uh, and so I'll read them real quick. The first one is from Kristen W. She's from Mesa, Arizona. And she said, Halloween is a great classic scary movie. We saw screen pull moments from this movie, among many others. Michael Myers is the perfect evil character, slowly sitting up after he should be dead audience not being able to see his eyes in most of the movie or a reaction from him. Mm -hmm. I think that is what sets him apart from other classic horror movie characters. Plus, he never dies. Over 40 years later, it's still a classic, especially during October. I truly believe it's the epitome of all horror movies. Wow. wow. Yeah, I agree. That's really good. Yeah, Kristen just nailed it. The thing that I didn't realize with the with Halloween that I actually noticed with this movie that she mentioned is the eyes sunken, dark, and just pitch black throughout the movie is so creepy, mm-hmm. and it's it's completely iconic. 
Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, nice. And and the second one here is from Jennifer A. from Campbell, California. And she says, Halloween is the most perfect scary movie as there's something naturally unsettling about a small child losing his mind on Halloween night and offing his siblings one by one. And Michael's unassuming tactics at times make his actions even scarier and make the viewer scared and intrigued simultaneously. There's nothing better than watching a movie that you're scared to keep looking at, but would never dare to turn away from either. Bottom line, it's a timeless thrill that is just realistic enough to make you sleep with the lights on as an adult. <laughs> wow. That's so true. That's so true. Nice. I definitely didn't yeah. turn my lights off after watching the movie. Yeah, I, did, I didn't turn my <laughs> lights off. I, I, I nailed shut my closet so I can never go in my closet again. Oof, so that's, yeah. that's never going to happen. I'm not going in there again. And I threw all my wife's knitting needles away. So I'm like, no more, no more knitting, you know, even though actually, hangers. Yeah, yeah, hangers, you know, I saved one in case I want to put it in my mouth again. But, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, if I ever have that big of a smile, I could put the hanger in my mouth, like Laura said last week. Good callback. Okay, yeah. maybe we should, maybe we should just talk about me Yeah, let, Yeah, let's, uh, let's transition into uh, <laughs> last week's, uh, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, Power trip. I, Laura, I guess. What I want to tell everyone is, I promise you, I was not on any kind of drugs. I promise. I just was out of control. I don't know. It's like I went crazy. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Greg was joking, saying that Laura got a little bit of power the first time she got to kind of host uh, the little bit of the pod. And it just all went to her head. And she was yelling at us and telling us to shut the fuck up and cutting us yeah. off. And man, it was, it, was, I, it was pretty crazy. I was pretty angry. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was possessed by some evil thing yeah maybe yeah it was the darkness behind your eyes you weren't you weren't a real woman you were just like an it you were a thing you were like evil on two legs for an hour yeah <laughs> Damn. What, what, what other what other uh, what other types of you know adjectives did loomis describe my class that that were just <laughs> insane you know but it, i I, th I thought it was fun though it's been a long time that somebody would like push back on me because usually i'm the host i'm gonna cause the chaos i'm gonna say stupid things and i feel like it wasn't until uh, last time we did it with funny games where me and laura really went at each other that's like episode two or three where yeah. we like did that uh i mean not not event horizon where me and greg yelled at each other about how to clamp onto things in space or whatever but you know but but i i enjoyed last week's crazy laura you know i actually enjoyed it so i don't know we'll okay see. good yeah we'll see what we get this week you know we'll see if she's a little you know a little toned back again or if she's oh, gonna i'm know. i'm in my lane this week trust me i'm in my you realize lane. your name is laura not laurie right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah okay just checking <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah um yeah i mean the last thing we want to mention before we get into kind of like the movie reveal and 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 our horror segment is just we want to remind everybody that you know the slash and cast uh, Halloween uh, virtual convention that these guys are going to do that the network we're on um, it's going to be October 30th and 31st live on their U uh, YouTube channel and you can check it out at slashandcast.net or you can just you know look look up YouTube at slash and cast um, and kind of look at it there and like I said there's going to be a celebrity interviews we're going to be doing a segment that's going to be on there you know for video which is going to be cool and all the other podcasts that are involved in the network are going to have like content so it's going to be really fun I'm excited. Yeah, so let's uh, let's kind of get a little bit of the movie reveal. We already talked about it a bit. We're doing uh, Halloween 4 this week, The Return of Michael Myers. So, Laura, why are we doing this movie? And if you want to kind of get into a little bit of, you know, I know we did the quick, your quick synopsis last week of Halloween 2, but if you want to kind of, you know, review anything, you know, kind of go for it. Yeah, for sure. So I, I talked about uh, timelines last week. Um, there are multiple timelines in the Halloween franchise because um 
well, actually, I don't have a reason why. I think that actually it was a mistake, but, you know, it is what it is, and that's what we've got. So we embrace it as fans. That's fine. And I thought Halloween 4 was honestly, you kind of have to watch it because when you're following that original timeline, which is the first Halloween and then Halloween 2, Four, five, six. I mentioned that Halloween 3 is a standalone, and we'll talk about that later. Um, it, you have to then go to 4, because 4 jumps ahead 10 years mm-hmm. and picks up on a story that is continuing to 5 and 6. So unfortunately, we couldn't really skip it. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while and rewatching it and just thinking how you guys were going to respond to it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, my tail was a little between my legs. Like, oh shit, this is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> That's funny. Well, at least it'll be a complete contrast to last week's episode when your tail was fully, yeah. erect. you it was fully erect. You were ready to go. So, oh yeah, yeah, yes. for sure. <laughs> so it should be cool. It should be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's cool, you know. Um, yeah, so so before we get into the movie more, let's do our horror segment of the week. So let me get the drop going here. All right, we got a question this week. Got a question. This is another question I think Laura came up with. Laura, so you want to do the question? I will ask it, which means I will go last. I like that. Okay. Um, All right. If you had to wear one halloween-ish costume or mask every day for the rest of your life what would you be what would you be rob oh no greg can you go first greg do you have an <laughs> idea greg <laughs> i'm always used to going last so I, it's hard for nope, me to go i'm first. going last i'm going last. Uh, you can go last greg do you have an idea all right greg the hard part about this question is that most halloween masks are super creepy and unsettling and you're not supposed to wear them for more than a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. If you Google Halloween masks, you're just going to get a thousand images of, of scary things that you will never want to wear more than one day. However, what I thought of was Jim Carrey's The Mask, The Green Mask. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and the reason is because that's the one that looks like remotely the most human, that has the most personality, and it can actually evolve depending on your mood and your personality in any given situation so that, you know, you can actually live out the rest of your life and you can show some type of emotion and not be stuck with like, you know, a werewolf on your head for 80 more years. So wait, I gotta, I gotta ask Laura a question though. Cause she's the one that came up with this question. Does Greg get the powers of the mask while he's wearing this <laughs> or does he just get to wear the mask? Because he's talking about like his face can change emotions. So I don't, I'm not really clear there. Can, can you? This is my answer. I can, <laughs> You could do what you want. I was thinking face is painted just green. It's just a costume. It's a costume. We're, we're not like, you're not the like, character. You're saying <laughs> you're I, don't, wearing... I don't adopt the powers of Loki for the rest of my life? You're always wearing that like yellow suit. Doesn't mm-hmm. he wear a yellow suit? And then your face is just painted green every day. I want the one where he's like, uh, you know, like a French lover. And he has like a beret. And, he's, and, he, and he wears okay, like wait, stripes. Okay. Wait, uh-huh. so then you don't want to be the mask every day. You want to be a mime every day. You just want to be a mime and have no emotion? Like a Again. French mime. Man. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. My principle is flexibility and adaptability, and mimes can be anybody who they want to be. And you don't have to talk to anybody. Just kind of you know. don't. You have an excuse. Exactly. Wow. There you go. That's a very right. interesting answer, Greg. I love it. Okay. Um. I guess I'm next. Right. Then. So for me, you are next. <laughs> for me, I, I I kept. Oh man, I was trying to figure out an answer to this question. So like, my first thought was, okay, like I'll be a pirate. 
you know, like a pirate is kind of <laughs> universally loved, maybe, you know, but, but then I remembered the movie Dodgeball and that guy's a pirate all the time and he's not happy. So and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be a pirate. And then my next thought was, like, okay, I'm going to be a vampire from Twilight, you know, because they kind of look normal. Oh. I'll, I'll sparkle in the sunlight, but I don't have the abs, so I can't be a vampire. I can't have my shirt off all the time. So that's not going to work. So I think my answer is going to be, I'm going to be Justin Long. I'm going to have a Justin <laughs> Long mask on, and I'm just going to look like Justin Long all the time and be be debonair and handsome and charming. So kind of, kind of the same, but just I'll have a different face. Um, so yeah, so I think I'm just going to be Justin Long. That's my costume I choose. A debonair know? Justin Long? Yeah, exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be I'm not going to be test Justin Long, Laura, so not that one. What about you, Laura? What uh, what are you going to do? I I don't really have an awesome answer, but the thing that just kept coming to me was Minnie Mouse. I'm going to be Minnie Mouse every day. I mean, Minnie Mouse. When you go to Disneyland, everyone is dressed up and no one thinks anything of it. And I just think that if you had to wear an outfit, people are just going to be like, "Oh, there's Laura. She's a Disney freak." I mean, hmm. that's not so bad. That's and I get true. to wear a pretty little red polka dot white skirt. I, you know, I think it'd be cute. Do you have to wear the gloves and like the yellow shoes all the time? Because I'd be kind yep. of uncomfortable. Oh, I yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I was thinking that you were, when you said Minnie Mouse, I was thinking you would have that giant stuffed helmet on your head the whole time. No, but then when you no. paint, I thought, oh, that's actually mm-hmm. quite acceptable. Right. Yeah. Right. If you saw that, you would just say, oh, she just really likes Disney, you know? Yeah. Right, Maybe yeah. she's going somewhere like a cosplay and she's dressed it. You know, I, I just think people would give it a pass. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you're right. If I was just dressed as a pirate walking around, I think people would be like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Even as many, you probably couldn't frequent the same Starbucks more than five times before people would start asking questions. They'd be like, oh, she's she's Minnie Mouse. Oh, like last week? <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, well, good answer, Laura. You definitely found, I think, the loophole in, in looking ridiculous yeah. like me and Greg. But uh, yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, Greg. I don't still don't understand Greg and his powers he has now. But OK. All right. Let's uh, You will one day. I know. I guess I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if anybody wants to email us in, let us know what like Halloweenish uh, costume they would uh, pick if they had to wear one all the time forever. You can email us uh, conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. So let's let's get into the movie now. Let's keep going here. Laura's gonna take the reins. We'll see how this goes. Uh, so now it's time to put on a shittier mask. So let's put on a shittier mask this week and get to this this movie now. Uh, so Laura, do you wanna kind of go over some of this information here? Uh, so this is Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. It came out in 1988. The director is Dwight H. Little, and I will explain real quick why it wasn't John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Um, unfortunately, they sold the rights for um, this franchise to the executive producer Mustafa Akkad. Uh, mostly because he rejected all of their ideas of where they wanted to see this franchise go. So one and two were a to be continued and three, as I've mentioned, um, is kind of a standalone. It doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. 
they wanted this additional four, five, and six, so an additional trilogy in mm-hmm. the franchise, to be all different stories. Mm-hmm. And they specifically wanted Halloween 4 to be more of a ghost story. And all of their ideas were rejected. So you pair that with the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't want to come back, which mm-hmm. I, I will also talk about in a second. Uh, so John Carpenter and Deborah Hill sold the rights. So that's how we got Dwight H. Little. Um, the budget for this movie was $5 million, And the box office was $17.8 million, So it definitely not bad. You yeah, know, yeah. got its yeah. money back. Because just so I'm clear, because, you know, we, we listened. Of course, we, we, you know, we heard Laura's recap of Halloween 2. But we mm-hmm. still watched it because I clearly, if you heard from the original Halloween, me and Greg never watched any of these movies. We don't know shit. So we, I watched Halloween <laughs> 2. I didn't realize John Carpenter didn't direct Halloween 2. I didn't realize that. I thought for sure he directed one and oh, two. Oh, I thought he actually thought he did too. He didn't. He oh. wasn't the director. He was the producer and he, him and Deborah Hill wrote it. So he was... Oh, they wrote it. Yeah, okay. they wrote it. He was yeah. a he was executive producer, and Got I read it. that on Halloween two. Towards the end, he kind of took over a little bit of the editing because he didn't like the way that it was edited in the beginning. So, in mm. essence, he somewhat was still overseeing it a bit. Yeah, but uh, but I didn't realize that. I thought for sure he did one and two, you know, and kind of was like, okay, I'm kind of done with my stuff. I'm gonna go do the thing now or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any more interesting facts, Laura? I do. It has to be addressed that Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is not in this film. She's not in four, five, or six. Um, she was not interested because her career was taking off in other directions. And she actually said that she was swearing off of horror movies at the time. Oh. Hmm. Um, she was she was wrapping up the movie A Fish Called Wanda at the time. So she couldn't have done it anyway, because the timing wasn't right. But I just I'm so happy that we all know that she does eventually come back, you know, with H2O, and then pretty much all the Halloweens after that. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness for that. Yeah, um, yeah. And the only other thing to note is that I'm sure everyone who watched this movie picked up on this. But uh, little Danielle Harris's character is named Jamie, and they did that on purpose. They were naming her after Jamie Lee Curtis as, you know, give her a shout out. Yeah, a little homage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, for cast of this movie, I mean, pretty much we got Dr. Loomis back. We got Donald Pleasance. You know, he's he's pretty much the constant through almost all these movies, right? He is. He actually, and he's even in Six, and he actually died while they were filming Six. But he's oh, still wow. in it. They were able to piece mm-hmm. together what they had from him. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody else in this movie that we talked about is all a bunch of newbies. Um, you got Ellie Cornell as Rachel. She's kind of like the main lead in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than, you know, the girl, you know, like I said, Daniel Harris, who plays Jamie. Uh, you got George Wilbur as, you know, Michael Myers. I guess this is, I didn't realize this is like a different Michael Myers, right? You didn't? Okay, we'll get into this soon. Okay. I don't want to blow it now. <laughs> okay, don't blow, I, don't blow your load. Just, don't blow your load, yeah. Can I just quickly go back, though, and, and ask you guys... Um, do you recognize Danielle Harris from anything else? She looked familiar. I, I couldn't yeah. put my finger on it, though. The only thing I could think of was, uh, what is it called? Um, what is the babysitter movie called? What is it called? Don't, Not... don't tell mom the babysitter. Oh, she is the, oh my God, my mind is fucking blown. She yeah, what's is it called? Little it's, girl. Uh... Don't tell mom the babysitter's yeah, dad. Yeah, don't tell mom the babysitter's dad. Yeah, she's like the younger Damn. sister in that movie. Mm. Yeah. I, oh, shit, man. I as an adult she's in her 30s she is you know our age um she is kind of her own i think queen of horror she has been in so many horror movies she was in urban legend Mm -hmm. um 
we'll talk about this, but Rob Zombie pulled her back for his remake. Uh, Danielle Harris is awesome. I will oh, I will be talking about this the whole episode and how much I love her. Oh, so, cool, cool. Anyway, Great. I had to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess uh, the only other person to play Michael, too, there's Tom uh, Morga, um, also plays him, too, for a certain little scene. Uh, you got uh, Bo Starr as the sheriff uh, Meeker here. I think that's where Greg, I don't know, it's not really Greg Sure, but it's, uh, you know, the, the daughter there. You got yeah. uh, Greg, Greg is a uh, Kelly, Kelly Meeker, Kathleen uh, Kinmont, you know, not wearing any pants through most of this damn movie. <laughs> Um, you got uh, you got Sasha Jensen as the fucking dog asshole Brady in this movie. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. What a, what a douchebag. Yeah, Dude. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much the main characters in this movie. Uh, Laura, do you want to do synopsis real quick? Sure. Halloween four picks up. Uh, about 10 years after Halloween 2. And uh, we learned that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori, was married and had a daughter. And unfortunately, her and her husband uh, passed away in a car accident. And so we have her daughter, who's about eight or nine years old, I think. And she is with a foster family and she is being just laked by visions of Michael Myers, even though she's never met her uncle. And unfortunately, during an evening where they were going to transfer him from one sanitarium to another, he gets out. He learns that he has a blood relative in a niece and he comes after her and anyone that's in his way yeah yeah um yeah we'll get into a lot of those details when we get in you know more of the movie here i was going to start rambling off things right here like why this or why that or why did they do this i but, know uh, we'll get into we'll get oh, into. oh i've it. got yeah. tons of those yeah i know i know yeah <laughs> yeah oh, just just i, just, I just, do too i do too it's just just hearing rough. the synopsis like gives me a little bit of anxiety <laughs> you know but uh yeah uh so we got rotten tomato scores up front now it's something we've kind of been doing lately just so kind of we know where everybody is in line with this movie so for rotten tomatoes you got an audience score of 29 percent very low very low and then you have a critic score of 53 percent which is definitely a lot higher and surprising that uh you know i don't know i'm not sure what the critics were seeing when they when they did that but that's very interesting mm-hmm. the critics were that high so i think by by a horror movie standards a rotten tomato score of 60 or better is considered good yeah. so that's about there yeah i don't know i'm not sure yeah i don't know what they what kind of eyeballs they were using but uh yeah um <laughs> so uh laura do you want to take the reins here and go through the movie oh yeah i, I will do you, need, do you need do you need to do a little bit of zen something like that kind of relax a bit and, you know, no i just finished my mule so I think I'm all right. Okay. All right. Let's let, let's start off easy. Let's talk about the <laughs> very beginning, the right. opening sequence. Mm, all right. Okay. I'm I'm already angry. Then I'm already angry. No. Joking. Oh man. <laughs> All Good, right, well, but confusing. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. Well, Greg, let's let's emphasize. <laughs> I'm glad this is. I'm glad this is a this is the podcast, and that's all Greg wants to say. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I'll, I'll start then. I'll start. You know, Greg can come back in if he has any thoughts and things I brought up. But uh, I mean, definitely, I actually really like the opening of this movie. I really do. I really do. Okay, good. I, I mean, the the opening credits, which aren't really the movie themselves, but the opening credits are fucking really awesome, actually. You yeah. know, just like creepy cornfields and like mm-hmm. a barn and the music and the imagery of like a pitchfork and a pumpkin. And I thought the actual opening credits of this movie were actually really fucking cool i was actually yeah. super excited because i'm like oh this is starting pretty creepy i actually really like this so that part i actually really like once you get into the movie i still actually like the opening of the movie itself i love that we're in a, another rainy you know thing i know greg is super excited to see rain <laughs> 
He's all happy. You know, it's another rainy scene in the opening. I like that. It's kind of like a callback to the original opening. I like that. Um, I even like, you know, the hospital they're in. The only thing that fucking bugs me is that cop. That first, or that first, like, orderly you meet. The guy that's just, like, talking right away when the when the two people oh, come in. Oh, man. So many bad, yeah. like, one-liners that were so forced. He's, and, he's yeah. so over the top in that. And it just kind of, like, pulls you out of, like, oh, shit. Like, we were on a really good track. And then that guy opened his mouth it was like with, like, his one dark tooth. And it was like, oh, <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> The problem is, is you could tell he was trying hard. Yeah. It just, it, it just didn't come through well. No, no. Yeah. Cause I mean, even the lines that he was saying were pretty bad, you know, just so like really cliche way of like talking. So that was kind of like the only thing I really didn't like in the opening was him. Other than that, I really like the whole setup of Michael being 10 years. He's been comatose, even though I'm like, how did he live? But whatever. Um, and then the fact that when they finally, I guess he hears them say like, oh, no, he has a relative. And that's kind of like when he wakes up, when he's like, oh, shit, I have work to do. You know, so I fucking oh. actually really like that. Like the first 10 minutes, I really fucking love it. Besides that one dumb guy. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think, Greg? Do you have more to add now? Yeah, I, I actually didn't realize that note w- when you said that he woke up out of his coma when he heard that he had a blood relative. That's yeah. Mm. I did not catch that. Um, maybe it's because I watched this movie in parts. But what I what I want to say about the beginning is that I actually I agree with you. I thought it was really good. Um, my, my dad used to take my brother and I down to Vista, which is like down in San Diego County, to go to these like farm shows where you would look, look at tractors and old farm equipment. And it's interesting, but I always had this fear of like rusty old tools and, and farming supplies. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's maybe I saw Children of the Corn one too many times or Ch- <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I always had like a weird uh, fear of that. So the the beginning of this movie recalls a lot of that. You see like an old rusty uh, shed. You see a pitchfork. You see a lot of haunting imagery that you would that that is really effective. And they did a really good job. But why I said it was confusing was because you never really go back there. It's it's a rural setting, and yet we still return to suburbia. So I don't know if yeah. it doesn't, oh, doesn't really man. make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I maybe you guys uh, can uh, elucidate me on on how that ties in because I didn't unlike Rob, I I wanted to watch part two and maybe three if I could squeeze in, but my I, I couldn't do it. So um, I defer to you guys for you know talking about how the, the continuity plays in, but um, I just didn't understand like how that that opening ends up coming back. It it doesn't tie in at all to two and three, but I will say off the bat, I'm just going to say it right now. Halloween five is one of my favorite movies in the franchise after one. Wow. I love Halloween five. And is it it a cornfield the whole time? This (laughs) intro should have been the intro to Halloween five because uh, one of the big plot points of Halloween 5 is that uh, all of the late teen adult characters, they go to a barn party on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Mm, is, that, yeah. is, that, is that like a key party, but with a barn? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I cut that. I don't know how to respond to that. Okay. All right. <laughs> he just threw me off. There, there's there's shenanigans and sex involved. Yeah, I feel like you have orgies and hay bales. That's yeah, right. what it amounts to. Yeah. Everybody's trying to find a needle in the haystack. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. 
what, did you, what did you think of the opening, Laura? Let me get you back on track. What did you think of the opening? I, I love the opening sequence, even though you're right, Greg. Like, now I think about it. You're totally right. Why are they showing, like, Halloween decorations and farmlands when we're back to the same old street in Haddonfield? Uh, but, no, I love the opening sequence of those shots just because they're so cool. Yeah. I think it's really artistic, and it's just fun to watch. And I agree with Rob. I, I like the setup of he's getting transferred, minus that one guy who just says a bunch of stupid shit um you could tell everyone else is like this is serious we're transferring michael myers he's out right we need to make sure he's out not going to do anything but i I agree i like it overall yeah yeah because i I didn't mind the whole like at the end of halloween 2 pretty much michael and loomis like blow up in a fire like you know what i mean like they're pretty much dead you know whatever so uh, i didn't mind the fact that michael is still alive and he's all bandaged up because i'm like that's that could actually be true. But I'm like, the fact that like Loomis is still alive and all he has like a couple of scars, I thought like was a little bit of a stretch. I know they kind of retconned a little bit of the ending, I believe in Halloween too, being like these guys didn't fully like, aren't that disintegrated. Um, is that true, Laura? Like that, that reveal? I like yeah. the description, by the way. They're not that disintegrated. Well, <laughs> as if there's like a middle ground of disintegration. You're right. I think they do say briefly that Loomis like got out at the last second, which we obviously didn't see at the end of two. Uh, but I'm not that surprised because I think by now we know Michael can't die. He's just too evil. He, I think we talked about it last week. You know, his it becomes like a mind over matter. He's just pure evil at this point. He's not a human being anymore. So he can't die. And the thing with Loomis is, yes, obviously it's a stretch, but you guys, he looked tore up in this movie. So I kind of am like, damn, that's what you would look and sound like if you, you know, had been through what he'd been through. He was tore up. I think one of his eyes even looked fake as if it were a prosthetic. Right? Are, are, you, are, you guys, are, are you guys sure we're not just doing the Halloween Michael Myers syndrome when he pulls off his mask and we see an ogre? Like he, I don't think he looked that bad to me, but I don't think I don't think Loomis liked that bad. I mean, he had some scars here and there, but he, he should have been he should have at least had like no hair. Put him on a bald cap, you know. He couldn't walk. You think he should look I mean, like Freddy or what? Yeah, like like Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where, he wears a sweater the whole movie. <laughs> oh my god, this is really derailing. Okay, all right, all right. let's uh, let's move on to characters and acting because I think we're probably going to be on this for a while. So, Greg, why don't you start us off with uh, any character you want to you know narrow in on or just acting overall? Uh, wasn't a big fan of the acting overall, but Loomis again, like you said, Rob, he's the glue in this whole thing. Um, I mean, again, I didn't see part two, but he brings this fear like you know i haven't seen michael myers in 10 years what have you guys been doing you you let him loose not me you let him loose this time and um just to me he kind of carries it for for the first half of the movie yeah yeah no i agree i agree i mean loomis is this movie you know he's he's really good in this movie solid i'm surprised listening back to last week's episode we didn't talk about him a whole lot i feel like we should have a lot more but we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna give him a lot of love make up for it now yeah yeah i mean besides loomis then you're really talking about you know the the little girl daniel harris jamie in this movie again like another like solid like kid actor like you know we, we talked about in the original halloween that i thought the two kid actors in that movie were better than some of the adults and this one is the same like you know her she is so good in this movie she's i mean we'll talk about the end when we get to the end that's like a whole another like stratosphere of acting but uh you know a solid acting by her all along everybody else in this movie i was kind of just like blah like whatever like i feel like nobody was like overacting 
you know, like they did in Halloween one, which really like bugged me. You know, Rachel was kind of just whatever, you know, the the guy was just whatever, the sheriff, even, you know, but nobody really like stood out to me more than anything else. It was kind of like whatever. I totally agree. I love Daniel Harris. This was her first movie. And I think for her breakout acting, it was incredible. And I will tell you right now, she just gets better. Halloween 5 is incredible. Um, Obviously, at the end of the episode, I will give a little synopsis on that. But uh, yeah, she she's just so believable in her emotions. It's it's really impressive. Um, And it's also very nice to see, you know, we kind of have that trope with horror movies, especially slasher films, you know, when you're like a teenager or an adult. And if you're like having sex and doing drugs and drinking, like you're going to get killed. It's nice to see an innocent child as more or less the main character and running from, you know, this evil entity of Michael Myers. So I just thought that she, for me, makes the movie. (laughs) The movie is not great. Like the acting by everyone else is pretty bad. So I think that she is what saves this movie for me. But I will kind of talk a little bit more about Rachel. You know, Rachel is viewed as the quote unquote final girl of this movie because Mm -hmm. we no longer have Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. And I was really watching it this most recent time. I was just really bummed at Rachel's performance in the beginning and her character and how it was written. I mentioned last week how I thought these girls were really smart and ahead of their time and they were strong and they were likable for me as a woman. And then you get Rachel who, okay, I get it. You're a teenager. You don't want to take your foster sister, stepsister, whatever out on Halloween night. But then all she's talking about is how she's trying to make the right moves for a guy. And it's it was so disheartening for me. I'm like, oh my God, why do I now have this as the final girl of this franchise? But I will jump ahead and say that I think by the end, when she needed to pull it together, she did. Mm-hmm. It was like two different people for me. In the beginning, she was whatever. And then at the end, when shit started to go down, I was like, oh, now all of a sudden you're kind of a badass? Like, how yeah. did this happen? For you, do you think when she turns it around, is that kind of correct for the, the first half of it? or Maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I would say the acting overall, though, is, and especially by characters that are not these main few, like not Dr. Loomis or Rachel or Jamie, but like the sheriff and the sheriff's daughter and God, the boyfriend, Brady. Jesus Christ. <laughs> The acting was atrocious. But was was he actually her boyfriend? I don't know if they ever fully committed, you know. It seemed like they were. It seemed yeah. like they were. They were actually together to the point where she was talking marriage. Oh, my God. Mm. And then she says, I have to take my little stepsister who has been through <laughs> hell and back out on, you know. One night. One night. One night on Halloween. <laughs> Can't you understand? Can we have a rain check? You can come. No, he, he definitely come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, I mean, one thing I wanted to ask right away was, like, do you guys remember the scene where um, Rachel is getting a car ride from her friend and they're going to pick up uh, a Halloween costume for mm-hmm. uh, Jamie in this movie? Yeah. Is that girl driving the car Lindsay from the first movie? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. It was, I mean, in this final cut that we see, most people don't catch that. It was actually supposed to be something like part of the plot. Like this Mm. was Lindsay Wallace, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From the first one. But Mm -hmm. then those scenes ended up getting cut for whatever reason. But yes. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, cool. That's such a cool, like, because when she says her name is Lindsay, I'm like, oh, like, that's pretty cool. What a coincidence. And I'm like, oh, her age would be, because uh, yeah. Rachel has the comment of, oh, Lori, you know, babysat me when I was a kid. So I'm like, their ages would be about the same. So that that's just right. a cool, like, callback there. I thought, I wanted to ask Laura to confirm it and make sure it wasn't, like, the wrench in, you know, Michael's hand that Greg spotted. <laughs> I was, like, not supposed to be there, you know? But at the same time, why is everybody still in the same town? This is Yeah, that that's I, what bothers me. It's like, yeah. move. What? <laughs> like, Rob, you're talking about the scene right before they start, you know, some of the the teens, they work at this costu- Halloween costume shop, and some of them are just uh, getting costumes. <laughs> There's this, while they're going through the store, the girls are talking to the boys, you see Michael Myers. Somehow he slips in, and he pulls a mask off the shelf of the same mask that he wore in part one, and they thought, how insensitive that this local Halloween shop <laughs> is has in stock the mask <laughs> of the mass murderer from just 10 years ago like everyone still lives there yeah no one really remembers that there was a, a giant mass murder yeah let's get into the thing ago. because greg's talking about the mask now so let's just talk about it i think i'm sorry Laura, i'm kind of like taking back my reins here that's but, okay uh, <laughs> take them but take uh, em. you know but let's talk about michael his mask his fucking not really his outfit but just his <laughs> demeanor in this movie because i had wait yeah what 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 laura What's up? It's my grinding gears right here. Oh, you- oh, let's do it. Let's get an early grinding gears. So let me get the drop going here. Richard Gear. Blink, 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 blink. This guy looks like he was a fucking football player, roided out, no neck. Like, what? happened to you you've been asleep for 10 years in a coma he was getting shot up with steroids clearly do you i I have an answer for it do you want to know why he looks like that in this movie he was wearing shoulder pads. he was wearing like hockey shoulder pads yeah yeah which is such a stupid really so fucking stupid yeah it's so dumb it makes him have no neck he has no neck neck. he has no neck and it's not like the rock where the rock has no neck but he's so built it's fine this guy, it just looks so odd looking. Certain scenes where yeah. he's standing there and he just has no neck. It's so odd looking. I just thought he was channeling the evil through his muscles. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. then pair it with the bad knockoff mask. Yeah. I mean, that, oh, that's, paper that's, mache. Yeah, that's one of my biggest gripes in this movie is like the mask. And I was even looking like the poster for this movie is not the mask he wears. Oh, I know. The poster yeah. of this movie is the mask from the original movie, which is like, mm-hmm. it's it's a legit, you know, it's a mask. It looks great. But the one he picks in this movie and they make him wear it is like, it looks so shitty. Yeah. Like like Greg said, it looks like the knockoff of the one you buy at like Savers or something <laughs> like that, like a thrift store, you know? <laughs> well, is it because, look, he, he got out of, you know, he got out of prison or wherever he was and he just pulled something off the shelf and that's what he, it's a different mask, technically speaking, right? Well, that was my other thing too. I wanted to talk to Laura about and ask her this question. So, so I'm trying to figure out of, this mask and this costume, we see it through multiple movies. You remember in Halloween 2, I know Greg didn't watch it. He barely watched this movie. But uh, in <laughs> Halloween 2, in, in Halloween 2, Laura, there's the scene where some random kid is dressed exactly like Michael Myers. And he gets like ran over by a car and like blows Spend up. Tramer. Yeah, Spend exactly. Tramer. So like, that's my thing of like, is I'm trying to figure out, is this outfit that Michael wears through all these movies in this universe, a Halloween universe, is this a a, a readily available like creepy costume? <laughs> 
or did in in two in the movie two going forward did they like sell this um costume as like the killer michael myers do you know what i mean i'm trying i don't understand okay the mask is is already available it's already at stores okay Mm -hmm. so that is already available but we also see him grab the outfit off of a a kill yeah exactly Mm -hmm. now halloween 2 is the same night so yes we see someone dressed just like him i think that's why he's killed because the mask he probably bought from a store and then he just so happened to pair it he just with, so happened yeah with like coveralls oh no <laughs> yeah. way that's ridiculous and now 10 years later it probably is an outfit okay so it is it, it does make more sense in this movie why it, there's one scene in this movie where there's like three dumb teenagers and they're dressed yeah. like michael myers yeah. and for for one second you're kind of like holy shit like what is going on there's like three michael myers so that makes sense like why those kids have those outfits on because they they actually mass produced michael myers like killing outfit to sell to people right Mm. you know as much as i don't like it though it still kind of like makes a little bit of sense of why it looks shitty it's so bad how do you go from the og mask and you're like uh maybe that's why he's killing everybody because he's pissed off that they did his mask wrong (laughs) what did you guys do maybe maybe that's why he grabbed the wrong mask first he was like i don't see what i'm looking for these are all fucking stupid ass masks. i mean it was because do you guys know the backstory of like the mask in this movie and like what they had to do to like get to this point you guys did you guys read about any of this stuff Mm-mm. pretty much the story kind of goes is this uh, the original mask and the original halloween is gone like nobody nobody knew where it was at that point oh. so nobody knows where it is so they couldn't like just bring it back so what they did was they bought the same exact you know captain kirk mask and th- what they did was they wanted to see what it would look like without alterations so there's there's one shot in this movie of when loomis is thrown through the glass in the school that michael's hair is blonde i yes! saw that yes. i saw that too and so so the reason why that's there is because that whole school scene, they filmed it with, with just the normal mask by itself, just the Captain Kirk style, because they wanted to see what it would look like if just he picked up a Captain Kirk mask off the shelf. And they didn't like the coloring. They didn't like the blonde hair and the way it looked. But for some reason, when they did the final cut, they didn't cut that scene out. So it's so ridiculous <laughs> that one scene where you see Michael with blonde hair. And if you still frame, if you pause it, you can see the normal, like normal face of like the normal mask. Oh, my God. This movie is such a that's shit so show. That's so janky. Oh, How yeah. you do that? Yeah. So, so they, they didn't like it. They didn't like the look. So they went back to the original plan. What they did in the first Halloween was they darkened the hair. You know, they cut the eye holes out and this and that. But I feel like they didn't fully do some of the alterations to like the cheeks and the mouth a bit because his mouth in this is just like there's like no... And I get there's like no emotion to it, but I feel like the original mask was kind of like, like grimacing or like angry. And this one just looked like he was like nothing like nothing there and it just didn't didn't work for me this mask did not work every time i saw it yeah but when you were far away the way he was just standing still did it (laughs) greg greg and people people standing greg creeping him out again yeah yeah speaking of do you guys have any scenes that did scare you even with the shitty mask i had a few yeah i'd say uh, you have to say that first scene where Lewis is trying to track down Michael and then he sees him for the first time at that. Well, first of all, what is, what the heck is Michael Myers' obsession with cars? I mean, I mean he loves cars and automotive shops. Anyway, so Lewis <laughs> finds, sees him in an automotive shop and that scene was actually done really well. They, 
I was expecting them to confront each other later on in the movie, but it actually happens early on. He sees Michael. So Loomis is in the front area of, it kind of looks like a bar, like a, a lounge area slash automotive shop. He sees him through like the back door in the other room and the camera just floats right over the, the counter and it goes through the door. And that shot was really well done. And it zooms in on, you know, Michael just standing there again. We, we know my obsession with that. Uh, and that, that was really creepy. Um, also, you know, we haven't gotten toward the end, but there, there's a scene where like Michael's like hanging on the car and his face s- smashes into the windshield from the top. You guys remember that? Yeah, that's yes. a good like little like shot. That like that kind of made me jump a lot too. I thought that was pretty scary. Um, oh yeah, and in the beginning when when you see Jamie having nightmares of of, of Michael. Yes. A lot yes. of the, the whole movie is shot pretty much in the dark. Did you guys notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was like one of my positives. Like way later on, we can talk about like. They do a pretty good job of calling back to the original Halloween of like work with shadows in this movie. Yeah. You know, having watched the second Halloween, they really got away from that. And this movie, I thought they really came back to the basics a bit with the shadow work. Like one of, one of my favorite jump scares in this movie, not really a jump scare, but just like a, a good shot that was creepy was there's a scene where uh, the, the no pants lady is talking to one of the cops. <laughs> And uh, and they're having a little back and forth. And behind the cop, he's sitting in the chair with the shotgun. There's like a really dark hallway that's really yeah. like long. And they're having a little conversation. And when she goes to leave, she comes out of frame. And then you can see Michael's face just illuminated in the shadows, which calls back to that great shot from the original Halloween. And mm-hmm. then when the cop kind of like sways away from the camera, he's gone again in this dark. And that that is shot alone. Like it's not like a jump scare, but it's really eerie. And that was when yeah. I really loved that scene. Yeah. What, what about you, Laura? Do you have any good jump scares in this movie or anything like that? The, the whole like her and her bedroom scenes really got me. You know, my Zoom background, him in the mirror mm. and him getting her. Even just how creepy it was when she sees the ambulance outside in the rain. Mm. And she's mm-hmm. looking at it and she turns away and she looks back and it's gone. It's like, is it in her head? You know, because something we haven't really mentioned yet is that the recurring theme through this movie is that young Jamie, she has some kind of connection with Michael. She kind of, you know, senses him. And that's something that is the main storyline in Halloween five. That's crazy though, because like I didn't get any of that watching this movie. Really? Yeah. So that's why the end, which we'll get to, I was so shocked because I didn't pick up any of those Easter eggs of like her, the dream or seeing this or blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah, but that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I'm with you, Rob. I didn't get it until the end, but then it suddenly made me think back to the entire movie, and then it made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. C- can we talk? Can we talk about the scene where, real quickly, where Loomis is in the car with the priest, and they're like singing songs, oh, and drinking booze? <laughs> no, I need to talk about the scene directly before that. <laughs> okay, go I'm for sorry. it. Sorry, <laughs> Loomis is it's just like. <laughs> Poor, sad, little old man who could barely walk, barely has a fucking face left. Yeah. And he's trying to get a ride and hitchhike. And this car pulls up with these cheerleaders Mm -hmm. and these a-holes. And they, like, stop. And he's, like, wobbling as fast as he can trying to get to the car. And then right at the last second, they fucking drive off. So funny. I'm so pissed off. That is horrid i was heartbroken he was weeble wobbling his ass over to that car like i need to ride into town my life was just over you guys you yeah. guys you guys have never done that to somebody before <gasps> have you <laughs> yeah no. of course i have 
You guys have never done that before? I mean, I've never done it to like a hitchhiker where I tripped them. But, you know, like when you play around with like a family member of like, okay, are you going to get in the car? And you kind of like lean forward and they can't get the door and stuff like that. You know, you never. But eventually it. you let them in, right? These kids just <laughs> drove Yeah, I was like. Uh... I mean, look, Laura, you know that I've picked up hitchhikers, right? <laughs> oh, so, God. Thank you. So I'm the like opposite. I'm the opposite. Greg's murders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's a whole different topic for another day. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah. Scene, that scene pissed me off royally. And then to follow up, we go into the scene you were mentioning mm-hmm. where he's in the car with the fucking drunken priest. It's such a weird scene. I put in my it's notes. So I, I put in my notes because like that's one thing of like movie making and writing of like every scene should have a purpose. You know, and like even even the scene where the cheerleaders drive off, it was like a comedic thing. They wanted it to be funny, you know, but yeah. the scene with him in the in the car drinking with the priest guy. I don't get what that scene was about at all. Other than the fact that like they wanted to show Luma smiling for once because he smiles at the end, which is really uncomfortable when he's like happy. I was like, you shouldn't be happy. You know, it's just such an odd scene. Yeah, I'm trying to fit. You don't want to know how purposeless this scene was. I didn't even remember what you were talking about until maybe a minute into when you were <laughs> describing the scene. And now I remember it and I'm trying to figure it out too. It's I, I think they are trying to tell you something. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Clearly this guy is a quote unquote, a religious nut and Loomis isn't having it. You know, this guy is drinking. No, he's talking Lo- about Loomis the end of the was, world. No, Loomis was on board with it. Loomis, Loomis wasn't was he like, like skeptical of the no, guy? No, no, no. At first, a little bit. Yeah. I don't think so. I think right oh. away the guy questions Loomis into like, you, you know, the evil. You've seen evil, right? And yeah. Loomis is like, yeah. And then the priest kind of talks about like, oh, you know, I, that's my, you know, career in life. That's my job to stop evil, just like you. And I feel like that's when Loomis is like, I, I get you. Like we're the same person. That's what we're <laughs> we're here to do. Well, were they talking about? I, I I thought what was interesting about the scene was I couldn't tell if they thought that they were talking about the same thing or if they or if Loomis thought they were talking about like clearly the guy doesn't know who Michael Myers no. is right or they're just talking right. about evil in general and just you know bad things and this and that we probably shouldn't spend so much time talking about this dumb scene all right let's yeah. uh <laughs> let's talk about some scenes with Michael's killings so uh uh Greg do you want to want to kick that one off <laughs> well he makes his way back to the city and. He, he starts stalking Rachel and, and Jamie in, in during the daylight, similar to part one. But then again, we're back to Halloween night. And there's the, the scene that I keep remembering is where he goes to the local um, electrical plant. I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> and he sees like an electrical technician who's outside, you know, trying to work on one of the transformers or something. And at first, actually, you see the, the, the technician's like hands. And I thought that was Michael Myers hands. I'm like, okay, well, now he's an electrician. <laughs> he's a mechanic. He's an electrician. He just he read another book while he was in the hospital again. <laughs> read another book. He learned another trade. But then you kind of like pan out and it's just an actual like electrical <laughs> engineer or something. And it was a little silly. The way so what the the point of the scene was that this guy he goes oh you know he sees Michael Myers trespassing on the electrical plant property and he goes stay there you know and he turns around a little bit ridiculous why would you turn your back on a masked man who's yeah. built like a football player who looks like he could murder you in two seconds but okay you did that and you got killed for it then Michael Myers picks him up like Train to Busan and throws this guy into the transformer and he basically turns off the power in the entire city so now. 
he can make his way back to the neighborhood and people have, you know, streetlights are out, lights are out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, again, he's back on his quest to search out the last member of his family and, and kill them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what about you, Laura? What Did you have any favorite kills or anything? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like most of his kills are during the kind of lock-in at the sheriff's house. Um, mm-hmm. which is a cool scene and a cool sequence of scenes in essence, but it was kind of boring for me. I mean, you know, once they're locked in and they kind of narrow in on the sheriff saying like, okay, we're boarding up all the windows and doors so no one can get in. And you're like, all right, he's already in there. So now you guys can't get out. Um, yeah, it was just, I wasn't super into it. I, I was pretty happy that the, that the slut got it. <laughs> Oh my god! I was was just so mad. I was like, "Wow!" Did you like her kill though? When Michael has a shotgun and you think he's gonna shoot her, (laughs) and then no, he stabs her with a gun. I thought that was insane. He points the barrel directly at her and just jabs it through like it was a knife. That was hilarious. At that point, I wasn't even really paying attention. I think when he, we didn't even talk about this, when he shoves his finger through a guy's skull in the very beginning of the movie, that's kind of when you're like, oh, that's where we're at. This isn't just like a normal slasher. I've got the knife. I'm going to gut you. This is like, he is now so powerful. He can stick his thumb through your skull and kill you. So at that point, it's like, yeah, sure. Stick a gun through her. Whatever. Yeah. There's, there's two like kills where, you know, the, one where yeah where he puts a thumb through the guy's head is pretty gross and then there's the other one later on when he pulls a guy's like skin off his face in the truck oh, you know yeah and it's just like oh my god like where like where are these coming from like and this all like calls back to watching the original movie you know of like how smart the original movie is and how like methodical and how like everything makes sense and even the kills you know they're not like super they're not bloody at all you know, yeah. it's all it's all about like the force and the sound. And this one is just so much like about the blood and gore and, you know, actions. And it just didn't work on me. I don't think any of the kills really. I liked any of them, really. You know, they were unnecessarily violent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you guys have any other things to point out from that kind of lock in at the sheriff's house? I, I There's one quote that I like where so Brady, you know, when people start dying, it ends up being Brady and Rachel against Michael Myers. And of course, they have to save Jamie as well, right? Well, there's the scene, you know, they try to get out of the house because they locked themselves in and shoot. Uh, okay, unfortunately, Michael is locked in there with him. So they try to get out. So Brady takes a shotgun to the door and he tries to shoot the deadbolt off. And he goes, he shoots it. And for some reason, he can't shoot the lock off. And he says, metal. God damn it. It's metal. And she goes, what does that mean? And he goes, it means we're locked in. And they start like running up the stairs. And oh, that that was so, I thought just yeah. that was so bad. Like it, not, not to bring in stuff that we disliked about the movie, but already, but a lot of the lines seemed like they were written within a day. It, uh, just some of the stuff that they were, the actors did a pretty good job. Again, girl did a good job. The little girl, the rest of the, the cast did a good job. But some of the lines they said were forced and, in this house scene, there were several of them, and that that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, like I've already talked about, I really love the opening in this movie. We'll get to the end, and like I love the end, but the whole middle of this movie is just like not great. 
It's yeah. not. It's not written yeah. well. It's not really acted well. All the things they're doing are stupid and don't make sense. And you're like yelling at your screen, like, "Why are you doing that?" Yeah, you know, like yeah. the scene. The scene you're talking about, Greg, of like the guy shooting the door just to have the line of like, "We're trapped in here." It was like they they just wanted that scene to make sure the audience knew we are not. We can't get out. Right. It's like you didn't even need it though. We already knew you can't get out. You don't need that scene. You know, and then Brady's kill. Oh my God, it's such bad editing when Michael is coming up the stairs to kill Brady and then, you know, Jamie and Rachel are at the top. It's such a long scene. It's like a five minute scene that should have been like two minutes. Yeah. They go back and forth where Brady is like, get out of here. And she's like, no, no. And they do it like five or six times back and forth. It's like, oh my God, like hurry the fuck up, you know? <laughs> and And I get the whole thing with like, that's one thing, you know, I'll get into a little bit here, but like the original Halloween, Michael is so slow and methodical and that's what he's known for. That's his thing. Yeah. But the editing is so great in the original movie. You don't feel, it doesn't feel odd that he's walking so slow. They never show him walking in the original. It's, it's cut to where yeah. he's, cl- he's just closer every single time. Yes. This movie, they show him walking so much and it's so odd looking <laughs> that it 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 ruins his whole like creepiness and demeanor of him being slow and methodical. When you when you show him actually slowly walking, it loses all effect to me. Yeah. So that scene where he's like slowly walking up the stairs, it was just all lost on me. I thought like for being like this should have been a really cool scene. It was horrible. Yeah. Not to mention in the first movie, the reason why I think it's so effective is because nobody was expecting Michael. It's yeah. a Halloween night. He's got a mask. He blends in. Nobody knew who he was. So I think it's harder to sell the fact that he can just walk one mile per hour around everywhere and get away with it when everyone's expecting it. You have this like lynch mob that's after him. It's almost like there, there's like something about knowing that Michael Myers is after you and still running away from him like he's a marathon runner, like he's going <laughs> to catch you in a second, you know? Um, it's like there were so many scenes like you're talking about, Rob, where it was edited in such a way where I told myself, I mean, I can't I just stand around the other side of the tree and just yeah. go around in circles and he would never catch me. But it was edited. I was not sold on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, and and one of my big things about this movie is I think a lot of these main scenes that we're talking about, so like including the lock-in with the sheriff's house, like I said before, it's a really cool concept, but for some reason, just the way it's all strung together in the middle part of this movie, minus the beginning and minus the end, it just didn't do it for me. And I, I knew it wasn't going to do it for you guys too. Um, I did like the scene that followed though, the, the roof scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, I thought that Rachel, that was really when she was starting to come into her character. And that's when I, she was more believable for me. Um, I actually read that Ellie Cornell, the actress who plays Rachel, she did a lot of her own stunts for this movie. And she actually fell off the roof at one point and like walked it off. She was like, all right, I got it. You know, so that roof was tall. She actually fell off that roof. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought that scene was cool. But then, yeah, just kind of nearing the end of this movie, then we go into the schoolhouse and I don't know, for some reason I was like, okay, like we, there've been too many of these now, like we're not even at the end yet. And so it, and that sucks because them in a school and we've seen this in a lot of other horror movies that it is a thing that we see. It's a really cool scene. Usually it's a cool concept, you know? And yeah, it's like, I just, 
I was so bored through that schoolhouse scene. So do you guys have any feedback from any of those scenes kind of leading up to the end? I mean, I, I just wanted to mention when you were talking about the roof scene, I, I do mm-hmm. like the roof scene. You know, I do really like it. I think I read something too, that they said it was supposed to be on fire. They wanted the roof to be on fire, but for budgetary reasons, they couldn't do it, which would be oh really God. cool. But there's one shot where Michael is climbing over the roof. He's like climbing onto the roof. And it goes back to my whole thing with like showing him walking. When you see him like oddly trying to climb onto the roof, it looks like he's about to fall. I, I lose all like credibility for this guy being menacing because he just looks ridiculous. Not alone that yeah. he already has no neck, but the, that there's like one shot where I'm just like, oh, like that was a bad cut. Like you shouldn't have shown that. You should have just, you know, been like, they're trying to get away. You pan over and he's already standing there. Like that yeah. would have been fucking creepy. But the, the fact that, like I said, they, they show too much of him in this movie. And to me, it was actually reversed where it made me not really fear him that much. Right. Ridiculous. When you see too much, you never fear it as much. I remember that shot. And for whatever reason, I actually liked it because he looked, I, he looked so awkward trying to climb over that. <laughs> yeah. He looked like he, if he were, if he took the wrong step, he was about to slip and fall too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, somehow the, the awkwardness made it look scary to me, but I could see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean the whole like school scene, it's another scene that just like, it doesn't even need to be in this movie. No, it you did know? not need to be in. The well, wh- by the way, why did they go there? Can you, can you guys explain well, why they well, went there? Uh, you know, you know, Rachel and Jamie are on the roof. Michael comes up and blah, blah, blah. You know, Rachel falls off uh jamie like comes down on a little rope then michael's trying to chase her so jamie runs away loomis uh finds jamie running down the street and i don't know why i don't know what callback this is from but he's like where's the schoolhouse we should go there so yeah yeah i don't i don't know why i don't know if in like the eighth movie it's about a schoolhouse rock or something like that i don't know but uh you know (laughs) but they go to the schoolhouse and it's just it's just you know, it's Lo- it's Loomis and her. Oh, such a dad joke! Oh my god. <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg appreciates it. Greg likes them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, they're all they do is they go into the school and then they wander like up one hall for like five seconds and then Michael shows up. He shows up with blonde hair. We already talked about. He throws Loomis through a window. And then, you know, then Jamie, you know, Rachel finally comes back and finds her. And then that's when, like, the hillbillies show up and get them. But it was like, there was no need for the school scene. Like, nothing yeah. happened there. You know, like like you said, like you said, Laura, either have, like, the final, like, location be the school. And that's where they're boarding themselves in. You know, the girl can still have no pants on. That's fine. You can be in the school with no pants. That's cool. You know, or be like, just go from the house to the, the hillbilly show up at the house and they take her on the road. Like, it was just weird, you know, like, and that was my biggest gripe from this movie. I was so surprised this movie was only an hour and a half long. Yes, it felt so it, long. It felt That's over why it took two- me a week to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Greg, it must have really been long for you. You're watching it in five minute increments. Yeah, but uh yeah, because I, I kept watching this movie and I kept thinking, wow, this movie must be like two hours long. And then yeah. I look and I'm like, it's only an hour and a half, which is pretty much a standard movie. So right. the fact that you know it feels so long is not good. We've already talked about this before. If you're if you're ever watching a movie and you feel, wow, this is really dragging, this is a long movie and it's not, that's not a great movie. So I was no. really surprised. So they, they should have cut out a whole sequence somewhere in this movie, you know? Yeah, I agree. Well, I think we're pretty much at the end. Um, yeah. What do you think, Greg? Do you want to describe the end? Yeah. So they, by the way, he appears at the school. How did he get there so fast? 
Okay. Oh yeah, I know. That's that's something else. They finally leave the school, and early on in the movie, you find out that while they're boarded up at the sheriff's house. Michael Myers takes a quick trip to the precinct and murders all of the police officers, the local police officers. You don't see that, but you see the aftermath of it. So now this town has no local police. So while they're boarded up, they call in the state patrol. So that's sort of like the, okay, well, we're going to be there in 30 minutes. So, okay, now while we wait for the cavalry to arrive, we have to contend with Michael. They finally get out of Michael's grasp at the school and they drive away. And as they drive away, the police come down the street in the opposite direction. They're like, okay, you guys get out of here. We'll, we're going to take care of it. And then as they're driving away, wouldn't you know it, Michael Myers <laughs> found his way onto the truck. Okay, so not only is he a mechanic, he's an electrician. And now he's a, I think he's just a magician. I think he can, just, he can teleport and, and appear at places. This guy's, um, a, this guy's a renaissance man. Shit, he could do it yeah. all. Yeah. You never see him like walk more than, you know, a mile per hour. And yet he's everywhere. So the end of this movie, he's on this, he's on the truck. So you find out that the cool thing about the movie, I thought was it was a little bit self-aware because they finally, the locals decide to do something about it. They hear that Michael's back in town and they decide to have, it's like the local militia. They take up arms. And one of the scenes was weird where they randomly drive up to, a random park and start shooting a bush. They kill a guy. Yeah. They kill a guy <laughs> because they saw motion in a bush. I mean, again, you guys have to admit one of the weirdest scenes. Did you guys think it was a coincidence? These guys were all wearing red hats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a note of it. I was like, well, that's kind of a coincidence. You know, there you a, go. We won't go into more of it, but I just thought it was a coincidence, you know? <laughs> So, again, they try to get them out of town, but somehow Michael ends up on the maybe under the truck. So while they're on the highway, he goes and throws everybody off the back of the truck, and he kills the driver. And now we're just down to Rachel and Jamie. They commandeer the truck, and they, what do they do? They put the brake on it, and he just, like, flies forward into a ravine. Yeah. No, he just, he just flies forward into the street, and then, Ra- and then Rachel runs, like, hits him with the car, and... He flies like a mannequin flies in the air and it looks really odd in the shot. But uh, yeah, he yeah. doesn't do any parkour over the truck. He just no. gets, he lets himself get hit. No. Yeah. There's no parkour in this movie. Yeah. He, he just let it happen. Yeah. But hey, at least she knew to hit him with the car. I mean, we always yeah. like that, right? Because yeah. that, that's like your re- redeeming moment. Laura has heard this last bit where Rachel like, you know, runs him over with the car and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. For She seems like she's not really with it in real life. Like she's kind of dumb, but at least when it came time to actually do something, she really pulled it together for me. So, because can I ask you a question, Laura? Yeah. When Michael is is somehow dangling off this truck somewhere, yeah. in your mind, where do you picture him? Because, like Greg said, Greg, you picture him underneath the car somehow. He's underneath the truck. He's got to be because they all boarded the truck. They didn't see him. Exactly. Where else was he? That's my thing. Because I think originally your thought is he's hanging off the back. That's what I truck. thought. But yeah. if, the, if the if the guys are getting into the back of the truck, they would notice him, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, where the fuck was he? Was this, like, in the movie Speed when uh, Keanu Reeves was, like, hanging on the bottom of the bus by the gas line? <laughs> like, where where was Michael? It's just a really stupid, like, like how did this even happen? It's really dumb. Like, like another thing goes back to just poor writing. Get a little more creative with a way, figure out a way to make him on the truck. Yeah. I don't care how you do it, but figure something out. 
That would be a great like a uh, you know a, a like a DVD bonus to show all the scenes that were deleted that shows him getting from point A to point B that you never saw in the movie, and he's actually jogging. <laughs> he's jogging from like one point to another, <laughs> and like sneaking around like a ninja. I like to I like to picture him like speed walking. I think speed walking <laughs> is pretty, would be pretty awesome. We've, we've seen too many videos yeah. now of like pretend Michael Myers dancing yeah. and speed walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I don't any, know. I, I, it's the only thing what? that explains it. Yeah, I, I'm going with what Greg said. I think he's just a magician. He just <laughs> magically magi- appears and he wants to show up. <laughs> all right so you know what we're pretty much at the end i mean uh like greg said uh rachel hits him with her car he flies into some kind of grave ditch everyone then shows up and of course there's the scene where little jamie decides to have her moment with her uncle where she walks over and picks up her picks up his hand and holds it tenderly and you're just like oh my god what are you doing Mm -hmm. but i guess it was just the scene to show that they have a connection. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is to show something, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, where and she sees something in him or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we see his hand. You know, he, clearly he wakes up and his hand grips the knife, and that's right when she kind of gets up to walk away, and everyone's shouting, "Oh, get away, get away!" And she runs off, and they all start blasting him shooting him over and over again and he falls into that grave and then you know this guy never dies but everyone's like oh he's dead and loomis thank uh, you loomis is like he never dies but oh he's dead we're good he went back to hell and you're like oh that's it just like that (laughs) just like that what, was it a grave? Like, was so that a gra- was that a little graveyard? Is that what it was? I sure, it, was it looked a, like it. To I me. thought it was like a mine shaft he fell into or something. <laughs> That's the thing. You have you spent an hour and a half of Loomis telling everybody the part of him that was human was lost years ago. Right, you could never stop him. He's evil on two legs, and yet <laughs> toward the end, he's like, "Oh, he fell in a hole. He's gone." great the only thing i could think of is that he fell in and kind of got buried so maybe they're thinking oh well he was buried and yeah he might be alive but he was buried but that's still, the should, only should, thing but still shouldn't like police procedure be like let's get the body into an autopsy yes, and just, yes. Not, not just like we're all done guys like let's go home you know i don't i don't fucking know so then we get to the the really end of this movie and rob do you want to describe it i mean like we've been talking this whole thing like i love the opening the middle is garbage and then this end is fucking epic you know so the end of this movie pretty much you know rachel and jamie go back home they're with the parents the police drop them off i think loomis shows up he's all bloody because he got thrown through the window by the blonde michael myers and then um (laughs) you know the mom is like i'm gonna go draw jamie a bath so she takes her upstairs and then you know rachel's just on a couch kind of comatose she's like out of it um so the next thing you see is it goes to like that pov from the original movie which is like a first person you know still still bad because he clearly shot by an adult because it's super it's too tall but uh whatever so then the uh the you know next thing you see is like the dark image of like a mask coming over the camera and then even in that moment i still didn't really understand what was going on i still thought like oh shit michael myers is back and he put on the mask again or something like that it's not until you know the the eyes looking through this mask i believe you see her grab scissors you see somebody grab scissors and then she you know somebody goes into the bathroom and then all you hear is the mom scream and then it cuts to Loomis and the sheriff running up the stairs. And then it shows like Loomis's face reacting to like, I think he's just yelling, no, no, no. 
And then it cuts to the top of the stairs and they reveal Jamie bloody with a mask on, bloody scissors, super menacing face on her, mm-hmm. you know? And then it cuts back to Loomis. He fucking pulls out his gun. He's ready. Oh, to, he's ready. Yeah. He's ready to shoot. I think he's saying like, not again or something like that. He's ready to shoot her. The sheriff grabs his hand and then it just kind of cuts back to Jamie at the top of the stairs, breathing heavily, which I fucking love the fact that she started breathing heavily, just like Michael breathed really heavily through most of this movie mm-hmm. and then that's it cuts cuts stand credits right there i mean fuck i fucking love this fucking ending I like, it, like i said i yeah. didn't see it coming i didn't pick up on these Me little neither. connections i was even like i said confused when the mask came down i really i thought it was maybe michael again not until they like show jamie bloody that's when i was like holy shit they fucking did it you know what i mean for, for a movie to make a child a killer at the end I'm like you got some big balls on you to do that like that's fucking crazy Uh what what did you guys think of like the ending I thought that they were when you get behind the mask I thought they were just messing with us I thought it was going to be like oh you know whether it was the girl or somebody else I really thought it was going to end off on an innocent note Hmm. I thought it was going to be like oh we got you (laughs) ha 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 roll credits but then they completely flipped it and I'm with you Rob I didn't all these things that Laura, you keep mentioning that they were touching on in terms of the connection between the two. I was, there was so much going on in this movie. I didn't pick up on any of it. So when this ending rolled around, it got me and I, I thought it was actually really, really good. I agree. I love the ending. I love it so much. I've been talking about how well I think Danielle Harris does for her first acting gig in this movie. And You know, the whole movie, she's crying and screaming and running and confused, really innocent. And then to flip it and have her, you know, try, attempt to kill and have that look and be so mirror image to the young Michael we see from the first one. And mind you, when we see the first Halloween, we don't know this kid. This is how the movie starts. So, yes, it's kind of jarring to see like a young boy having Mm -hmm. just done that, but you don't know him. We've just spent the whole movie rooting for her, cheering for her. She, you know, she, she's so innocent. We want her to survive and beat her uncle. And then to see that scene. And I just think her range there is incredible. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I love, it's my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, her, her combination of her, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, lack of emotion in that scene. And then the counterbalance of Loomis, like losing it, but Mm -hmm. not like over the top losing it. I literally put in my notes like that, like little like minute of Loomis, like screaming, no, no, no. I put like that was like some of the best acting I've seen in any of these movies. Yeah. It's like just enough. And it seems so genuine where it's like he's one in shock and two like heartbroken of like what has just happened. Like he thought yeah. he thought it was done. And then to know that like it's almost starting again, I'd have to give it up to the, the Donald Pleasance in that scene because his, his acting was really great at the end there. It's mm-hmm. genuine horror. Yes. It is the definition of horror. The, the way that he expressed himself walking up the stairs, seeing her with the knife. And and then of course I don't know you guys maybe maybe you were like me but I was putting myself in his shoes too like you said Rob thinking that he's gone through decades of this with Michael thinking it's over and to see like this innocent girl be I don't know it would even happen it's just it's horrifying mm-hmm. I mean that's it it really was just the craziest scene mm-hmm. 
So just transitioning, a few other questions I had for you guys was, um, did you have any feeling on the music in this one? It was, Mm. it was really similar to the first one, but also different. So did that kind of work for you or, or not? Yeah, I, I actually loved all the different variations, you know, watching the first one at some point, maybe two thirds through the movie, you kind of not get tired of the theme song, but you've heard it a lot. It's like hearing a great song on a jukebox for the fourth time in a row. You're like, okay, great song, but I have just heard it four times straight. <laughs> you get kind of tired of it. So what they did with this movie was they created variations. Do you guys notice that? There was like a, yeah. whenever there was a scary moment, they played the, the Halloween theme. Maybe it was like on a synth instrument or a cello. And um, it's just enough to give you a sense of, of that and like call back to the original theme. I loved it. I thought it was great in this movie. Hmm. For me, like, I just feel like it didn't work that well. I feel like every time they played like the original like Halloween notes, then like I was like super like, okay, cool. You know, that's nice to hear that. But I think this goes back to just kind of what I said from the original Halloween of like the music in that movie and the sound effects they used and the, you know, it was like another character and it played so well because it's such a good movie. This movie, like, it's not like a great movie. You know, the acting is not great. So like, it just doesn't meld well. Every time they use the music, it's usually in a scene that I really didn't give a shit about to begin with. So it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, other than every time you hear the the OG, you know, Halloween theme, I love the theme, but I just don't think as a whole it works because the movie is not solid to begin with. Yeah. So I'm going to actually have to agree with Rob on this one. Um, I felt like the music to me felt like the mask did. It was a knockoff of the mm. original. It wasn't <laughs> quite what we see in the original. It was like a worse version of it. So they kept trying to play the, the original tune, but mm-hmm. it had like these different variations and it just... Yeah, you didn't like, you guys didn't like I, that. It didn't work for me. And, uh, I'm sh- and I think like Rob said, it's probably because the movie wasn't as good. So now yeah. we are, you know, when we hear that variation of the original score, we're associating it with like the worst storyline and worst acting and not as great of a movie. Yeah. So, so I totally agree. Well, I think let's just get into positive and negative. So do you guys have any feedback? Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, for me, you know, I've kind of talked about a lot of the things I like in this movie. There, there's not a whole lot, but the, the use of shadows, I thought they really went back to the original. I really liked the use of shadows in this movie. I thought that was really well done. Um, the, we talked about, you know, the acting of, you know, uh, the Jamie character was her name, Danielle solid mm-hmm. Loomis solid acting I really like that uh the opening of this movie I love the opening I love the fucking ending might be one of the greatest endings I've ever seen because I didn't know what the hell was happening but mm-hmm. that's kind of a lot where my positives end there I mean you know if you go counterbalance to that you know negatives have to be acting overall story overall like a lot of the scenes were just didn't make sense why are you doing this the fact that the movie just felt so long to me you know, so that's kind of like quickly my positive and negatives I really didn't like, you know. What about you, Greg? Um, I actually, I liked the, the, the various scenes where Michael was uh, looming in the background, like a dark figure, mm-hmm. sunken eyes, didn't do much scary. But again, yeah, Rob, you said the acting. I think a lot of it has to do with the lines that they were given. It seemed so rushed. There were so many lines like um, where Jamie, they're trick-or-treating and Jamie, she says almost half-heartedly, she goes, no way. Halloween's great. Can we stay out all night? And Rachel goes, 
forget it, kiddo. We're home by eight. Uh, th- something about you. Please watch the way they delivered. It just seemed that they were just told the lines about ten seconds before and asked to roll film. Um, not a big fan of that, but uh, yeah, overall, I I really don't have much to add. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I agree. I I think my biggest negative is just how I feel like this movie is a is a TV knockoff version mm-hmm. of the original. Uh, the mask, the music, the story, the lines, the acting, all of that. Um, and I hate how Michael looks beyond the mask. I mean, I, his <laughs> like physique is just the absolute worst. Uh, it totally pulls you out. Positives, like I mentioned, I think Danielle Harris is incredible. She really just is the movie for me. I think back fondly on her acting in this one and in the fifth installment. And yeah, just the ending. The ending is great. And, mm-hmm. you know, endings do, it, it has a lot of weight in it when an ending is good. So, so I like that. I think all in all, though, that if you grew up watching this franchise, you like this movie. Because when we're all younger, we don't really know. It's it's just all fun. Like I would watch this on TV and think it was great. And then watching it now, you know, in my mid thirties, I'm like, oh, oh, that's not that good. So I I think, yeah, seeing it for the first time right now, I totally knew that you guys weren't going to love it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Let's, let's get to our ratings then. Let's get to our ratings in this movie. You know, we kind of talked about positives, negatives, what we liked, didn't like. So, uh, so let's do one to five ratings. Let's do how many pairs of bloody scissors. So how many, how many bloody scissors are you giving this movie one to five? Uh, what do you think, uh, Greg? I'll give it, I'll give it two scissors, two bloody scissors. Um, yeah. Like for the most part, it just seemed like they were just, cashing on the popularity of the franchise a little bit mm-hmm. um so um yeah while the ending was legit it it pulled together and it really shocked me and i didn't think i'd get shocked like that uh, i didn't think that it would really pull up the rating for me too much so i'm gonna stick with two 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 all right it's a, it's a solid rating you know that's kind of like where the you know where the critics i guess were at you know almost half almost 50 percent you know uh, what, what do you think laura what do you think one to five what are you giving it i'm also giving it a two um you know, I think that growing up watching this, it makes me like it a little bit more than some of those negative audience reviews. And as I've mentioned, I really, really love Halloween 5. And you need this movie to have mm. Halloween 5. So therefore, mm. I can't I can't hate on it too much. Nice, man. I think I think we're going to be in agreement all the way through. I'm giving this a two as well. It's oh, not, wow. Okay. It's not like I would say it's to me three is like a good movie like this is a good yeah movie, you know right Agreed. like but this is not like a good movie it's not like horrible because like i said the opening is so good yeah. you know i would say if they would have ended this movie with just like a, the ending greg said where like they played a trick on the mom or something like that you know um then i would have gave this movie probably a fucking one because i'm like <laughs> yeah, this is just horrible totally. yeah but yeah. the ending is so good it gives me a whole nother point i'm like i'll give you a two because the ending alone is so jarring and surprising and so cool that it deserves a little bit extra for that so yeah i would yeah. say two as well two as well awesome yeah wow not as bad as i thought <laughs> <laughs> two two's not great but yeah, i get what you're saying though. like i said yeah if that ending wasn't there laura we, we would be yelling at you a lot more okay yeah. all right sweet so what, what do we got next week laura what are we reeling our next halloween movie we are going to be watching and reviewing is the halloween one 2007 the rob zombie take so this is a brand new timeline it is a remake sure but you kind of have to forget about halloween one 
and pretend like you're watching it with fresh eyes. That's really the only way to take this in. So uh, exciting because we all know Rob Zombie is kind of a crazy motherfucker. So this is going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, the best way possible. In a good way. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, this is another movie I fucking have never seen. Greg, you ever seen these ones now? No. Is this what is this like part 12? What is that? Yeah, you can't look at it that way. Just it's its own thing. It's right? Part Q is, is it a letter? He is. He is just doing Halloween one. His his version. Be a, be a be a, a remake. Could be a remake of the original. Okay, right? like a parallel universe. Yeah, no, a reimagining, a Rob imagining. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. reimagined. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but before you watch Rob Zombie's Halloween one, if you do want to finish the second trilogy from the original Halloween timeline, as I mentioned, Halloween five is one of my favorite movies in the franchise and Halloween six is, might be worth a watch, especially if you're a Paul Rudd fan. And if you're pressed for time and you just want another one of Laura's super speedy synopsis, well, here it is. <gasps> Halloween part five picks up with little novice killer Jamie in a school for troubled kids where we learn she was possessed by Michael, but just that one time and can no longer speak. Michael is of course alive because he escaped the hole in the dirt by climbing into a river and Michael Phelpsing his way to safety. Jamie starts to have visions of Uncle Mikey that make her seizure up like she's at an EDM festival and meanwhile, stepsister Rachel bites the dust, naked. All the other horny Haddonfield teens attend a barn party and we witness a rando chick being railed, but this abruptly stops when Michael sticks a pitchfork through his body mid-thrust. More doggos are unfortunately sacrificed in this movie and we also see Michael come across a box of baby kittens which he does nothing about. He's clearly a cat guy. Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, Loomis shows up and uses Jamie as bait to get Michael back to his house of horrors, and after a scuffle, Jamie ends up folded like origami and clawing her way up a laundry chute. Eventually, Mikey loses and goes to jail, and while we are waiting for him to just break the stupid cuffs, Zorro, or a mysterious man in black with pointy shoes, arrives. He then goes full out Rambo, leaving no survivors behind, except for Mikey and Jamie, who he takes back to his underground cult club. In Halloween 6, we see teenager Jamie still captured in the Zorro-Michael Myers cult called Thorn. In typical cult incest fashion, she is pregnant with Michael's baby, ill. She delivers the baby, escapes, dies within the first few minutes, and then Paul Rudd, our grown-up Tommy Doyle, finds and saves the baby. So Paul Rudd, uh, you know what? Fuck it. This movie is a Paul Dud. Don't bother. The end. Wow, Laura. That was like even faster than the last one. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe how fast your mouth moves. It's just insane, you know? It's, it's crazy. It's a skill. It is a skill. Oh my god. Wow, it's so cool. They should make a mask of you to where you people can wear that on their face, you know? Cuz it's really cool. Stop it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's so that's pretty much it for the episode this week. Uh, you know, like I said, you guys can always email us in, you know, what movies we could possibly conjecture, you know, after October is done. You can hit us up conjecturingpod at Gmail or uh, Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. Let us know what movies we can kind of get into. Um, and, you know, always remember to subscribe, rate, review our podcast, whatever you're listening to it on. And don't forget to always check out the Slashing Cast podcast network to see what other shows you can listen to. Um, so that's it for the week here. Um, this has been the conjecturing. I've been Rob and Laura and Greg. Yeah. Until next time, remember horror subjective. So conjecture your way. See ya. Bye. See ya. I don't have the abs, so I can't be a vampire.